Hey everybody, welcome to Grace Bomb Ministries. Just so excited to do this next podcast. We are in part two of the series about uh, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Why is that the book for me? And what we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to look at a different question. So I kind of structured this one. We're going to, we've got different questions that we're going to look at. Um, and I'm going to give the questions and I'm going to answer them, talk about some things, maybe some things that non-Christians say. Uh, but we're going to talk about how did we get the Bible? What is the historical evidence in favor of the Bible? How did the Bible get translated into our language? So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. All right. And I'll be back in just a moment. For it is by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves, but it is a gift of God. Ephesians 2.8 Welcome to Grace Bond Ministries. Hey everybody, Jonathan here. I'm back with another episode of Grace Bond Ministries. I'm here by myself on this episode, so... Um, I, this is just uh, some lessons I've been preparing on my own, so uh, I just want to share them with you. I, I've shared these with the youth group, so um, I've actually taught these this this uh, presentation to the youth group. So uh, you also got to keep in mind that if you're watching this and you're maybe you're um, a critic, you know maybe you're not a Christian and you're listening to this and you're like, well, this is not uh, very evidential for me, or uh, there's not enough evidence mentioned or whatever. Uh, just keep in mind that I was trying to present to a, a youth group. Um, so it was, I, I was short on time and, and I uh, wasn't able to get as in depth and as technical, you know, so when you speak, you know, you speak to the audience, you know, um, but this is really meant more so for Christians, you know, just to kind of get the ball rolling, um, and just to show people that there is a lot of reason behind the creation and the historicity and the truth of the Bible of God's word. And uh, the theme verse for this series is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. It says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All right, so that's the, the theme verse uh, for this series. Uh, the B-I-B-L-E, why is that the book for me? All right, so we're in part two of this series, and uh, so now I want to start. I want to open us up in a word of prayer, um, and we actually sang King of Kings in the youth group. But uh, great song, if you want to go listen to that song. But uh, um, I'm, I can't play it on the podcast, but you should uh, definitely go listen to that song, um, King of Kings by Hillsong. Um, so, anyways, let's pray, and then we will get into this message. So, dear God, we just thank you so much for your word. Thank you for giving us a word that's not, that, uh, that, Lord, you gave, you gave us this reason in our minds, Lord. Thank you for letting us use the reason, the creative the thinking, Lord, that you've given us. Um, God, just thank you for giving us so much evidence that just shows how trustworthy the Bible is. And, and uh, God, we thank you for preserving your word uh, through natural and supernatural means, Lord. Uh, we just thank you so much for all that. God, I pray that this message really just... Uh, touches hearts. I pray that this message will reach people that it needs to reach. And God, I pray for the person that's listening to this, wherever they're at in their their walk, their journey in life. If they're uh, 
you know, Lord, if they have no faith in the Bible, Lord, I hope this starts to grind those gears, Lord. If it's a Christian that's losing faith or has questions or just wants to know more, God, I pray you just give them the answers they seek through this and just get them started with this message. And uh, we just ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. <clears throat> so B-I-B-L-E, why is that the book for me? And so what we're going to do on this podcast is we're going to ask questions. And uh, we're going to ask some questions. And and uh, as, as I'm going to ask the questions, they kind of answer the questions. So that way it's not really like a... Here's the bullet points. It's like a question format. So maybe these would be questions that you have personally, or maybe these might be some questions that somebody could ask you, but they're definitely questions that I have thought about or somebody has actually asked me um, in regards to the Bible. Not all of them, but this is a good chunk of them that have to do with the three questions I mentioned earlier. Um, so question number one, do we have the originals? Do we have the originals? Um, you know, because the Bible, well, we don't like, uh, some people always wonder, where did the Bible come from, you know? Uh, was somebody just picked up one one day and then we just kept copying it? Well, actually, the Bible was not all put together uh, for years after Jesus' resurrection. And the Bible wasn't even finished being, write, being written until about 90, 95 AD, probably, uh, when, the, when the book of Revelation was written. Um, and so uh, the, the Bible wasn't this one collection of books. It was multiple uh, letters and, and the Gospels and Acts. So it was multiple books and letters uh, kind of scattered all over the place. And then uh, eventually they were brought together into one book called a canon. They canonized all of those scriptures together into one book called the Bible. That's what we have now. So do we have – and so what they would do, though, is they would start – um, they would start by having the originals and then sometimes people would copy those down. So that way they didn't like, so, so that way more people could have copies and that sort of thing. So they would hand copy, um, all of these manuscripts and then, uh, and then they would copy and copy and copy. So do we have the original manuscripts? No, we don't, we don't have a possession of any of the original manuscripts of the new Testament. All right. We don't have any, um, we're the Bible in general, but, uh, but we do know what they look like. Here's a picture of an early copy of a Greek manuscript. Uh, this is P46, and this is dated to uh, about 175 to 275 AD. So um, if you see here, all of the, this is Greek on this page, um, but these letters are, these are Greek capital letters, and there's no punctuation, there's no space. You know, so that that's why it's so difficult sometimes to figure out where do we stop the sentences, where do we stop the paragraphs, um, that sort of thing. Does this word go through the sentence before or the sentence after? It was very hard. Um, it was very hard to do that when, when these translators started working on these things. But this is what they would look like, though. No punctuation, no spaces, and all caps. Um, it would, but uh, and, they, and they would write. This one looks like it's on papyrus, but um, they would write on. Three different things. They would write on parchment, uh, which parchment was basically just was like looked like this, but it was like animal skin. Uh, you know, they would clean it off and all that, and they would write on animal skin. Um, so that wasn't, I don't think that was too popular because it was probably pretty difficult compared to the papyrus. But another one is uh, stone and chisels. You know, that's very, very old way of writing. Um, they used to do that uh, like Moses. You know, when he received the Ten Commandments, he chiseled them onto stone. Uh, the Ten Commandments, um, but mostly they use papyrus, all right, and so I found this really cool video, hopefully YouTube won't flag me for playing it on, on this podcast, but 
um, it's a video about how to um, how they used to turn the papyrus plant into paper uh, back then and, and we could how we can still do it now actually um, so let me see if I can get the video to play and I will go ahead and show it to you or if you're listening on podcasts you probably could pretty much you know hear all the the important things um, but it is definitely worthwhile going to look up this video watching it yourself but here it is Okay, so I can't get the video to play on the podcast, but um, I will link that video of how they made papyrus. I'll link that uh, onto into the uh, description. So uh, just go down, look to the subscription. I mean, the description of the podcast um, down below, and I will put the link to that video in there, so you can go back and watch it. It's a very interesting video, definitely worth watching. Um, so here's question two: How did we get our copy? Uh, is the process of how we got our copy is process reliable. Um, oh man, this thing's going way ahead. Uh, so, how did we get our copy, and is the pro- process trustworthy? Okay. Okay. So again, here's the timeline of how we have uh, of how it all was written. Right. So the originals were written, then the originals were were passed around and copied and. And uh, eventually the originals just got destroyed, got old, destroyed. Uh, but they had so many copies, so they weren't really too worried about keeping the originals, I wouldn't imagine. Um, but the copies survived. Lots and lots of copies survived. And the copies were all over the place, um, even in different languages, eventually. I mean, when they, when they needed to be translated to different languages, they would translate these into different languages uh, for different peoples and in different places. Um, so... Eventually, though, after all these these other translations, you know, later on when English became a language, and uh, you know, and we needed a Bible in English, eventually the the the, the Bible was was translated into English. Uh, but today, like any of the translations that we have today, are actually um, they're they're translations that are based off of the Greek manuscript. So we have thousands of Greek manuscripts. And the translations that we have today, whether it be um, the King James, the New American Standard, the Christian Standard, the ESV, NIV, or whatever, they're based off the original Greek manuscripts. Um, but they're in different ways. You know, that's another topic for another day. But that's where they get, that's where they translate from. So they don't just take, like, the King James and translate from it. They translate from the original, uh, not the original, but the copies of these original Greek manuscripts. All right. So how do we know, though, how do we know that the copies are reliable. How do we know that the copies are reliable? So we actually have 6,000, just the Greek ones, just Greek manuscripts that we can compare. Um, 6,000. If you had 6,000 copies of the New Testament, and these aren't full copies. Uh, Some of them are, but uh, these aren't full copies. Some of them are fragments. Some of them are just one book. Some of them are two books or a couple books or just passages or verses or whatever um you know there there's there's different um you know there there's different fragments and that sort of thing but these different writings 
Uh, but here's what we would expect, though, is that there would be different writings or emphasis added uh, based on the location. And uh, that's really not there too much. There is uh, this the human aspect of the, the written word uh, where the human beings in their lives kind of affected how they wrote. Uh, not necessarily what they wrote, but how they wrote, I think. Um, you would also expect differences or, or, you know, just getting lazy or something, like maybe a paraphrase or something. Um, there's, you would also expect many, many errors, uh, but that, that does not happen. I, I hold to a view called inerrancy, where I just don't think there's, I don't believe there's any errors in the Bible uh, whatsoever. I think it works very, very well together, and we've got, you know, all these different authors are all working together, or 40 different authors are working together, and they all agree to the same point, that Jesus Christ is the, the, the coming Messiah, or he is the Messiah that we met. Um and, uh, you know, we know that the writers of the New Testament weren't conspiring together to come up with some great document. They were spread out all over the place. You know, they were spread out all over the place. You know, the New Testament guys, okay, yeah, they were a little closer, but maybe, but definitely not when all these letters and books and stuff started being written. Uh, now, the, granted, they may have used each other, like the, the synoptic gospels, and that sort of thing. Um, but they weren't conspiring together. They were, they were totally different. Uh, yet they all agreed. Um, in, in, in the word. <clears throat> so the similarities between the manuscripts are 99% the same. And what we what you see, though, in those Greek manuscripts is you see, like, some spelling errors. Uh, we're not really errors, but, um, you know, spelling differences or numerical differences or something like that. Some tiny detail. Um, but really, I think that it's really just unbelievable, though, of how... The Word of God was preserved that well, like the Bible has been preserved, and that there aren't many, if any, I don't think there are any, but there's no errors in it. And it's almost unbelievable to actually think that this book that had been copied and copied and copied and copied and copied and copied and copied, you know, it's it's almost unbelievable to say to, that all this ended up okay, like everything lines up, nobody contradicts one another. Um, you know, there's no errors in the copies that are worthwhile. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable. Or another word I like to use, supernatural. So what are these manuscripts? Like I said, they're fragments, they're books, they're partial copies. Um, the earliest fragment we have is this one right here. It's called P52. P the P stands for papyrus and, and the numbers uh, based on when, they, when it was found. Um, but P52, papyrus 52, here's a picture. This was only 35 to 100 years after the New Testament was written. Um, and today it's found in the University of Manchester, England. And uh, I believe it's a, it's a small fragment of the Gospel of John is what that is. Um, and then we got our first full copy of the New Testament. And this is when all the books were canonized and brought together into one book, kind of how we see it today, like the Bible. We see it all as one book, really. It's a collection of books, though. Uh, but they brought them all together. And this is the earliest... Full copy, the first full copy of the New Testament. Um, this is called the Codex Sinaiticus. All right, and here's a picture of that. It's very hard to see right now, but uh, there's a picture of that. So that's 350 A.D. So just a few hundred years after we have a full copy, uh, like we would see today of the New Testament. Um, but another thing people bring up is that if this is the first full copy of the New Testament. Doesn't this mean that the New Testament didn't exist until you know 350 A.D. when this was when this was compiled together? No, we know that they were passing around the individual books 
and making copies of those individual books and passing them around to all the churches during that time all over the place and translating them even into different languages and all sorts of different things. Um, so now if we compare this to other ancient documents where uh, if we compare the manuscript counts to other ancient documents that people actually trust and think are true and they never question, um, you know, they question the Bible, but they don't question Plato and all the earliest manuscripts, the oldest manuscripts existing are 1,200 years after Plato, and we only have seven of those. Caesar is 900 years after, and we only have 10 copies of those. Herodotus, uh, 1,300 years later, and we have eight copies of those. Aristotle, 1,400 years later, and we've only got five copies. And then you look at the New Testament, only 35 to 100 years later, and we have 4,000 to 50,000 copies, depending on what you include in your count. Um, of manuscripts of the New Testament. And yet people question whether the New Testament is real or true or not, or, or is accurate, or that we don't know if we even have the original, but they, they accept Plato, Caesar, Herodotus, and Aristotle. Um, you know, they don't, they don't question any of those writings, just the New Testament. It just shows their, um, I think it just shows their presuppositions towards Christianity and the Bible and supernaturalism and, and all sorts of things. That they're just giving away there. Um, but even even if we go back, even before the Bible's canonized and brought together and all that, we can actually pretty much build the entire New Testament just off of quotes from the early, the, uh, early church fathers before that time. Uh, we can just, we can, we can almost recreate the entire New Testament. All right, so let's move on to question four. Does this affect what we know about the Old Testament? I think so. Because since we know the New Testament is reliable. We know the oldest too, because Jesus and the apostles of Jesus affirm the Old Testament as necessary for understanding Jesus. So Jesus and the apostles affirmed it. So let's look at a few verses about this. Um, Matthew five, cha uh, Matthew chapter five, verse seventeen. Don't think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Luke twenty four twenty seven. Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all of the scriptures. The apostles also studied the Old Testament to test the gospel message. It says in Acts 17.11, The people here were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, since they received the word with eagerness and examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. <clears throat> so, I think if we prove the New Testament, then we can also prove the Old Testament. And if we can also prove that Jesus is God because he had the authority to forgive sins and he was resurrected from the dead, you know, um, that Jesus had authority over the Bible. All right. So I think it makes a huge difference in regards to the Old Testament um, if the New Testament is considered reliable. That's why I always try to prove the New Testament before I even touch the Old Testament. Um, so that way we can at least have a, ba a stronger basis because it's easier to defend the New Testament because it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a younger document or younger, um, less years ago. All right. So question five. So how does this prove that the Bible is true? All right. So there's a lot more, like I said, there's a lot more we could say on this. Um, there's a few reasons though. I think all this stuff I just presented helps us prove that the Bible is actually true. Uh, first, it's supernaturally preserved and protected. Um, the copies are spot on uh, from each other. It indicates that something happened that seriously changed the world. I mean, th there, there must have been some 
specific event that happened that seriously changed the entire world, an event that could spark the creation of the New Testament. Um, and then also, you know, the Bible has a power that has the power to stop suicide. You know, I, mean, I share these stories all the time of Gideons. You know, they hear stories about people who pick up a Bible in a hotel room and they were just about to kill each other and they start reading this Bible and they stop. They back out. They don't kill themselves. God saves them in that moment through his written word. Um, it is absolutely powerful because, you know, nobody goes into a hotel room and opens up their math book on their way to commit suicide and then decides, okay, I don't want to commit suicide no more. You know, just, I really was spoken to through this mathematics book, you know. Um, nobody. Nobody's going to say stuff like that. Um, it, and um, I think that it all comes down to one event that changed the world that was recorded in the New Testament, and that was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All right. Um, so uh, uh, real quick, I'm going to go back to uh, proving the Old Testament. Um written the you know the old testament was written over a thousand years the canon or collection of books of the old testament stopped with malachi uh the oldest old testament book you know is job that's just kind of a fun fact for you uh, so what, what what i just want to go over quickly what copies of the old testament text do we have well we have four or five uh what they're called masoretic text uh hebrew translations with vowels and these these this was created um, in 900 to 1000 AD. So this was long after even the New Testament was created. Um, this is why they go back in that one. They 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 alter uh, some of the Old Testament texts the Jews do, so that way they they can say that we just misinterpreted or mistranslated those texts that uh, talk about Jesus as the Messiah. Um, well, we also have 300 Septuagint copies, which was the Greek translation of the Hebrew text for those uh, Hebrews that that couldn't speak Hebrew but they could speak Greek. Um, the barbarians uh, it translated them to, for them to in that language and that was widely used during this time of the New Testament um, but that was all we had until 1947 and so we had all the Old Testament and what the translation we have now and we're we're pretty confident in that too just with these uh, you know these three or four hundred uh, manuscripts but then just recently in, in uh, I think it was 1970 something uh, night until yeah 1947. The Dead Sea Scrolls were found, and what it what what it ended up being was a translation of the Old Testament, and we compare that translation to what we had, and it was pretty much exactly the same, um, if not identical. I don't know what what the the few I think there were a few little errors, but I don't remember exactly what they are off the top of my head. Um, but somebody might say, well, how do we know these copies are actually like the original writings? Well, it's again, it's the comparison of those copies, and not only that, there was there was rigorous rules for copying. Um, they had to be perfectly translated. Uh, talking about Greek here, the same amount of letters, and they had to, those letters had to be in the same spot. So the letter in the middle of the page had to be in the middle of the page when you copied it to the next one. Um, they had so, and and every time they would write a letter, they had to write, look at the letter on the old page, write, look at the letter on the old page. So they had to go back and forth real slow. It was it was a very very long process to copy it. And then they also had to make sure there was no ink bleeds, there was no blots, no mess-ups or anything, or they'd have to start all the way over. Um, so they were very careful when they were doing it. And what's even more astonishing is that in the Old Testament, we, we hear about Jesus Christ. What Where the New Testament is mainly about is Jesus Christ. We hear about him all the way in the beginning. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, there's a prophecy that has to do with Jesus Christ. It says, I will put hostility between you and the woman. 
and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. Um, so it's just really cool to see how all that works and connects. And I, I just think that we have, that we can be confident um, in the, the Old Testament that we have, um, in the New Testament. So on the next one, we're going to talk about, are there errors in the Gospels? Are there contradictions in the Gospels? Can we trust what the New Testament says happened, happened? And then we may be able to turn to the resurrection of Jesus a little bit, but uh, not uh, not a whole lot. Um, I am going to deal with one contradiction that has to do with his death um, and, and his resurrection. So, um, But we'll get to that on the next podcast. So anyways, thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, whatever, reach out to me, email me, gracebombministries at gmail.com. Um, and so maybe if you have more questions, it would be a lot easier for me to help you if I knew what kind of questions you were asking or wanted to ask um, about the Bible so I can help you out with that a little more. So, uh, so just reach out to us and, uh, and, uh, just, um, yeah, let me know what you think. So anyways, thank you so much for watching and I will see you guys on the next podcast. Thank you so much for watching the Grace Bond Ministries podcast or listening to the podcast. Uh, I know there's various ways that you could be listening to this right now or watching this right now, uh, but I just want to say thank you so much. And uh, if you would, uh, wherever you're listening, if you're listening on YouTube, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, podcast, please you know, leave a five-star review and uh, write a little thing in there. If you're on Facebook, you know, leave a comment. Uh, let me know how this impacted you or uh, even any other questions or comments or concerns you may have. Um, and also, if you have an idea or you have something you'd really want to talk more uh, deeply about, you can always email me at gracebondministries at gmail.com. But thank you so much. Remember, for it is by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God. Thank you for listening to Grace Bond Ministries.